Thank you, Ellie and Evan. Beautiful. Good morning, friends. Welcome to Myers Park United Methodist Church. My name is Uyan Kim, one of the pastors here. We're so grateful that we can gather, whether it be here in person or joining us online. We welcome all of you, uh, especially for those of you who may be first-time visitor or uh, relatively new. Please let us know who you are. All of you, please let us know how we can be in connection with you. There's, of course, the physical hospitality pad at the end of your pews. There's the QR code at the back of your bulletin that you can use your cell phone, your smartphone. And then there is the virtual hospitality link that you can click on for those of us online to let us know how we can pray for you and share information of the ministries of our church. Uh, just a quick reminder, next Sunday, our senior pastor, Dr. James Hatt, will be returning back with us after his sabbatical. He, he'll be with us starting from August the 1st. So, so grateful for that, looking forward to that, and we hope to see many of you here as you welcome him back. What else is going on today, Pastor Bill? Well, I would call your attention to all the many uh, events going on listed in our bulletin today, but also want to especially highlight the hymn sing, which is called a Midsummer Night's Serenade, and that's on August the 2nd, 7 o'clock, in the sanctuary. So I hope you'll turn out for that on Wednesday night. Now let us continue this morning in an attitude of worship.
affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostles' Creed. It's numbered 881. It is in your worship bulletins. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascendeth into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. you to turn now into your worship bulletins to the prayer confession which you find printed there let us confess our sins before God and one another let us pray holy God breathe new life into us where there is idleness inspire growth where there is distraction guide us towards you where there is bitterness shower us with grace May your love transform us, O Lord. Amen. And hear the good news this morning. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Old Testament reading is from Genesis, chapter 29, beginning with the 15th verse. Then Laban said to Jacob, Because you are my kinsman, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what shall your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were weak, but Rachel was beautiful and lovely. Jacob loved Rachel, and he said, I will serve you for seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, It is better that I give her to you than I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed for him but a few days because of his love for her. 
Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife that I may go into her, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. But in the evening, he took his daughter Leah and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. Laban gave his maid Zilpha to his daughter Leah to be her maid. And in the morning, behold, it was Leah. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this that you have done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then did you deceive me? And Laban said, it is not so done in our country. I will give you the, uh, the younger before the firstborn. Complete the week of this one, and we will give you the other also in return for serving me another seven years. Jacob did so and completed her week. Then Laban gave him his daughter, Rachel, to be his wife. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I did a wedding uh, yesterday at this very space, and I can guarantee you that wedding did not go like Jacob and Leah. Uh, one of my favorite hymns is, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river, I got peace like a river in my soul. You know that hymn? Yeah. Love that hymn, uh, but oftentimes I don't feel such a peace in my life. And in fact, I'll be honest with you, for those of you who know me will probably know this, I get, I get annoyed very easily and quite often. Yeah. Early on in our marriage, my wife used to say, Uyan, if you continue to boycott people and places, we're not going to have any places left to go and people to see. Yeah. I'm not proud of it. I don't like it. I've gotten better at it, but I'm still struggle, struggling with it. I am easily and often... Annoyed. It gets actually even more tricky when I come to see that the very person or thing that annoys me so much seemingly does not bother anybody else. Have you ever encountered that? Is it me? Am I the problem in this? How is it that others are perfectly fine with this said person, but I can't stand to be around that person? Carl Jung, a Swiss psychiatrist, the founder of the analytical psychology, he suggests that the reason why some people irritate us so much is because they embody something of ours that's called a shadow side. Shadow side is a part of ourselves that we don't like. It's aspect of our beings that we have hidden far and deep in a way to put it simply, those that we find so bothersome and annoying, Jung would say that they, they are the reflection of our own shortcomings, and therefore we don't like to be around such a reminder that gives us an honest reflection of the attributes of our lives, of ourselves that we don't like, that we have hidden away. So, if Jung is right, he would suggest that someone like me possesses a lot of shadows because I am often annoyed. <laughs> I'm going to assume that those of you who are laughing are just like me. 
He writes, the shadow personifies everything that the subject refuses to acknowledge about himself and represents a tight passage, a narrow door whose painful constriction no one is spared who goes down to the deep well. I think the shadow side, uh, not only can some of you and I can relate to, but it's applicable even for someone like Jacob and his relationship to Laban. So here's a quick recap of Jacob's story. He is a twin son, he and Esau, Esau being uh, the older brother by just a few minutes, children of Rebekah and Isaac. And toward the end of Isaac's life, it became a time for him to bless his children, specifically to bless the oldest son, which would have been Esau. Jacob did not like that. He resented that, so he deceives his father and cheats his brother to pretend to be the older brother Esau. He goes through a whole series of things with the help of his mother to convince his father that he's Esau, not Jacob. And upon successfully deceiving his dad and cheating his brother, he runs away in fear of his life because of Esau's wrath. He eventually settles with Rebekah's brother, his uncle Laban. I've often said to many folks that Jacob is one of my favorite characters because he is so flawed, he's so relatable to me. I don't know what that says about me, but he's so relatable to me. Uh, he's the type of guy who takes shortcuts. Uh, he also doesn't show a lot of remorse when he runs away from home, having harmed so many people, people he's supposed to love. He's the type of man that perhaps in my former years I would have seen and saw and said, yeah, there's no hope for this guy. He'll never change. There's no need to invest any further on him. He's a lost cause, as one may say. That's Jacob. And then there's Laban, Jacob's uncle. Uh, not too unlike Jacob. That's a double negative. I'm going to have to fix that for 945. Very much like Jacob, Laban is also a cheat, a deceiver. Although the story of Jacob and Laban starts well enough with an embrace and a welcome, shortly thereafter, Laban realizes what he has in Jacob. Jacob's kind of his golden goose. Not only does he work hard, Laban sees early on the anointing the fruitfulness, the blessedness of God in Jacob's life. So Laban does everything he can to exploit Jacob in his fruitfulness. Once he realizes that Jacob has fallen in love with one of his two daughters, Laban hatches a plan. As we've just heard it read, Jacob said, I'll work seven years if you should allow me to marry your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, okay. Might as well be you. And we read in, 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 in chapter 29 that seven years for Jacob seemed like days because he loved her so much. And that's an aww kind of part of the scripture. And on the wedding night, uh, to the wedding tent, uh, Laban sends not Rachel, but Leah, the older daughter, the one with the fair eyes, whatever that means, to Jacob's tent. The next morning, Jacob wakes up to find Leah beside him and says, what have you done to me? 
Now, I'm not going to go into how a husband may mistaken a person for another. That's a whole different sermon for another day. But he's surprised. Let me take a quick pause and also share that here, and this is another sermon for another day as well. I won't go too much into it, but it's, it's worthy to say that Leah is betrayed by both her father and her husband. This is a woman that's been discarded by two of the people who should love her the most. And it is precisely because of this that later on, as we continue to read on in Genesis, that God is merciful unto her, precisely because God knows what Leah has gone through in her life. So as it is, uh, this mishap happens in chapter 29. It's pretty easy to see that Laban does to Jacob. He cheats and lies to Jacob just as Jacob lies and cheats his father and his brother. But as we know all too well, God often works among the least expected, the deceivers, the doubters, to secure the covenant promises. Despite Jacob's iniquities and Laban's deceitfulness, God works to fulfill the promises and the covenant made with Abraham and Sarah so many generations ago. And despite Laban's best attempt to exploit Jacob, precisely because God is with Jacob, Jacob is so fruitful. He is so successful, so much so that he garners the, the jealousy and the envy and even hatred from Laban and his sons. And once again, Jacob has to run away in secret with his wives with his children, with his properties, and leaves Laban's care. Where does he go to? He goes back home, back where Esau awaits. And as we read further on, specifically chapter 32 and 33 of Genesis, you'll be able to see the remarkable transformation that has taken place in Jacob's life the one who was a lost cause, you'll see the type of transition changes and the transformation that seemingly occurred in his life through all those years away from home. In chapter 32, as he is getting ready to meet his brother, older brother Esau, this is how he prays. Jacob prays, I am not worthy of the least of all the steadfast love and all the faithfulness which you have shown to your servant. For with only my staff I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray thee. <clears throat> and in chapter 33 of Genesis, as he now finally encounters his brother Esau, as some of you may know, he sends a whole lot ahead of him. He presents... Uh, uh, gifts to his brother. He's not sure what to expect. To his surprise, Esau is just glad to see Jacob and even tells Jacob, I don't need any of these things. I'm just glad you're back. And Jacob says this to his older brother, No, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, then accept my present from my hand, for truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God. With such favor have you received me, except, I pray you, my gift that is brought to you, 
because God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. Did you catch that? God has dealt graciously with me and because I have enough. This, this is from the, from the lips of this very same person, Jacob, who lies to his father and cheats his brother precisely because he saw himself as the one without. And now he gives freely, offers generously to his brother, his enemy from the past, to say, God has dealt graciously with me, and because I have enough. This is a remarkable transformation in this person. I like to think that such transformation that Jacob has encountered happened in some part due to his encounter with Laban. The person, in many ways, Laban out Jacob's Jacob. Because what happened on his wedding night was not the last time that Laban tried to cheat his nephew. It happens over and over and over again. And perhaps through his encounter with Laban, Jacob had an honest seeing recognition of his shadow side. Perhaps through his dealing with Laban, Jacob clearly saw what he did to his family, his father and his brother. And instead of being resentful and bitter on his encounter with Laban, perhaps this led him to a different path, a righteous path, a more holy path, path toward transformation, to fully reclaim God's grace. On a side note, please remember that it would be good for you and for me to pay attention to those who annoy us. Perhaps they too will reveal something of our shadow side and that through them we can bring forth that which ails us, the hiddenness of our souls that prevents us from receiving the fullness of God's grace in our lives, that perhaps those who annoy us the most can be God's instrument of our transformation in our own lives. I'm not saying you need to be best friends with them. I'm just saying pay attention to them. You know, Jacob and Laban found someone who is even more despicable deceitful and more annoying than himself. And through that experience, there came transformation. And by the way, I'm not sure if I'll say this at 9, 45, 11 o'clock, but I'll say this to you. If you find me annoying, that says something about you. <laughs> Let me end with what Dr. Howe reminded me and others, for those of us who follow him on social media, he reflected on Jacob alongside the late great rabbi Jonathan Sachs on the puzzling anointing of Jacob, asking, why Jacob? Not righteous like Noah? Jacob hasn't responded to God's call like Abraham? And no sense of justice burned in him like Moses. So why Jacob? Jacob's heritage for us is this. Though we may fall, we fall into the arms of God. Though others may lose faith in us, and though we may even lose faith in ourselves, God never loses faith in us. And though we may feel utterly alone, we are not. God is there beside us. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Let us continue in prayer. God of light, love, and goodness, we give thanks for your presence in our lives today and all days. Guide us as we seek you in ourselves, our relationships, in this world. Help us to pay attention, to see you, and to give thanks for all that you have given us. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, we know you see all our wounds. There is no amount of pain we experience that you do not mourn. You stay with us in our hurt. You hear our cries and you desire our healing. We admit that we are so tempted to not care about our own pain, to compare it to others. Help us to see our pain as you see our pain. Help us to accept your love and the promise of healing. We are especially mindful of the pain and grief of all those that are mourning the loss of a loved one. We especially lift up the family of Pat Munn in the wake of her passing. Lord, in your mercy. God, we look around and it can be so easy to be consumed by despair. The world around us feels so out of control. We want to trust in you, but so many things are not as we hoped. We anxiously hear of temperatures rising, jobs dwindling, prices rising, and division growing. Our hearts are filled with dread, but help us to cling on to hope, to not be dragged down by our fear, but to boldly face these realities with you as our companion. Help us to not be passive to these changes, but to let your imagination shape us and our responses. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we come to you for discernment. We have so many pressures in this world around how we spend our time, who we spend our time with, and how we are perceived. Help us to quiet the voices of the world and to hear your voice instead. Help us to have the wisdom and the courage to live lives that glorify you. Lord, in your mercy. All loving God, we are grateful for community, to be connected both virtually and literally to a body of people who are seeking hope and connection together. Let us be reminded of that connection as we pray the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As we prepare for our offering, I want to say thank you for your continued generosity as this church. One of the things that we can celebrate today is that we have yet another Discover Myers Park, which is a class in which people are discerning becoming members of our church, becoming part of our church family. And that is because of your steadfast faithfulness, and for that I give thanks.
Gracious God, we know that all good things come from you. Use these gifts to bring about your goodness in this world. We offer them to you with love. Amen. as we go forth from this place and may we explore all the depth of our hearts and our souls so that God may shine God's graceful light upon all that we are. So go from this place. May the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.